this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai. And together we are Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha and welcome to our newest episode on aromatherapy. And I am very excited to have our very special guest, someone that you know and love already, Patty Davis. She's going to be our (laughs) aromatherapy expert. And I've always known Patty to know everything about all the good, witchy, herbally, smelly, yummy things, but I've never actually really picked your brain, Patty, about aromatherapy. So I feel like I'm going to be interviewing you and exploring your expertise on the topic. We both have a few little announcements we'd like to make. First announcement that Patty and I are going to be in Playa del Carmen, Mexico at an incredible retreat center, February 23rd to March 2nd. It's an eight-day wellness retreat. We're going to go to ancient Mayan ruins, Chichen Itza, the Mayan pyramids. We're going to have a variety of wellness activities, cacao ceremony, a sweat, a gong bath, kirtan, yoga and movement and breath work and all kinds of amazing things. So if you're interested in coming, you can check out my website, alignandshinekawaii.com slash Mexico. And you can find the link through at Spirit Speakers Podcast Instagram through the link tree. And Jude, the photos I've seen of the venue in Mexico are amazing. It looks gorgeous. It's literally one of the most beautiful retreat centers I've ever looked at. Um, I'm super excited. And the retreat center is huge. There's multiple gorgeous rooms that they've really paid attention to. Incredible amount of detail. I invite you to go look at the pictures on the booking page. And Patty and I are both bringing our husbands to this one. So we thought it would be fun if other couples wanted to come. But this is not just for couples. We do have singles that are coming as well. And there are still a few rooms available. So if you're feeling a wild hair, come check out the website and join us in Mexico. And I also have some plant medicine retreats coming up in a variety of places over the next few months. And those are posted on plantsoundimmersion.com. If you want to know more about that, you can check that out. And you can also listen to our previous episode called Mediumship and Spiritism, where me and my friend who co-facilitate those retreats uh, go into a greater depth in, in talking about what to expect and what kind of experiences one might have at those retreats. Awesome. And I have a couple announcements to share as well. Coming January of this next year, I'm going to open Witch School. And this is going to be super fun. Right now, I'm still kind of finalizing some of the details. But if you're interested, you can get on the wait list through my website. And that is at pdavispsychic.com or wingandether.com. And for those of you that are on the wait list, when the details are finalized, you will get the details and the chance to register first, as well as an early witch discount. And I am also going to be opening up a one-on-one spiritual empowerment coaching program. And you'll have your choice of a one, two, or three-month experience with that. And if you're interested in that, you'll want to get on my mailing list on my website because I will be sending out information on that as soon as that's already and finalized as well. 
And one more thing. This podcast episode, you may notice, is coming out in October. This is normally when we air our paranormal stories and our listeners send in all their ghost stories and metaphysical and paranormal experiences. However, Jude is going to be on her amazing retreat in Nepal. So we're recording this one early. It's going to come out in October while Jude is over doing magical things in Nepal. And then in November, we will air our regular paranormal stories episode. Yes. So in the meantime, if you have a story you'd like to share, we ask it to be five minutes or less, and you can go to spiritspeakerspodcast.com. And there will be a link there on the landing page that will allow you to submit an audio. And most of you can just record that right directly on your phones through your voice memo app. So we really look forward to hearing your submissions. It's always been a ton of fun. And as per usual, Patty and I listen to them and make comments on the stories or offer any insights. Well, now let's get into our topic of conversation, aromatherapy. So Patty, what is aromatherapy? Hi, Jude. Aromatherapy, well, you know, aroma means smell and therapy is therapy. So it is therapy using essential oils to treat imbalances. Now, essential oils are volatile oils and they're extracted from plants. This includes the flowers, the bark, the stems, the leaves, the roots, the fruit, all different types of the plant. And it's distilled with a steam process. And what it does is it separates the water from the oil the oils are separated out and we use these oils as therapy to help people with all kinds of issues that, you know, essential oil can be used to boost the mood, to improve sleep, reduce anxiety, headaches, nausea, kill bacteria and viruses, help the immune system. It can promote things like hair growth and help with acne or skin problems, help with pain and um, disease, all types of things. And it's been used for, for thousands of years, the use of essential oils dates way, way back to China and early Egypt, like 6,000 years ago or something. And they're a powerful, powerful therapy to help balance both body, mind, and spirit. So these essential oils, they're like concentrated plant extracts, and they go through this process, this distillation process, and these compounds come out from, from all these different parts of the plant. And like I said, how different parts of the plant are used, we can use examples like lavender. And most of us are familiar with lavender essential oil. In lavender, the, the flowers and the leaves are used. Ginger, the rhizomes, cardamoms, the seeds are used. In like pine and spruce, the um, needles are used. And then resins are used for things like frankincense oil. So all of these things are taken from the plant and it takes like an entire truck of plant product to make just a couple cups of essential oil. Like for instance, let's take lemons. It'll take two full lemons to get one drop of lemon. And if you go into something more delicate like rose oil, it takes 40 to 60 blossoms of roses to get one drop of rose oil. And this is why rose oil is so very expensive. But, you know, that's interesting about like the lemon, because lemon oil is one of the least expensive oils that you can get. But lemons cost like, I mean, however, they cost on the mainland and here in the in the land of lemons where they grow abundant. You go to the grocery store and they're like a dollar a piece still unless you're growing your own lemon tree. Yeah. How much are lemons on the mainland? 
I have no idea. I'm a terrible shopper. I just buy what I need. I have no idea what it costs. And then I'm just shocked when I get the bill at the, <laughs> at the checkout. Not these I'm days. When you live on Kauai, <laughs> listen, people, it is paradise, but it's expensive over here. I always think that actually when I'm using my essential oils about like understanding that, yes, there's who knows how many roses in one drop or when I, I love a Lang Lang oil and I'm like, and those flowers are so delicate and small. And even if you crush them in your hand, okay. it doesn't seem like much oil, you know, you know, some plants you would think have like a lot of stuff in them or whatever. And I'm like, how many flowers must it have taken to make this entire bottle? And you're just using drops. <laughs> there's like... Yeah, it just it's astounding to me how much goes in there and how they're able to process that. Yeah, and that's why there's the price of essential oils varies so much. And also when you think about how concentrated they are, like I I put a, a drop of lemon oil in my water and I have one of those big, I think it's like a three gallon jug of you know of the water that I that I have in my office. I will put three drops in that entire thing. And you can really taste the lemons. And it's kind of like if you have a glass of water and you're just sitting there putting all these drops of lemon oil in your water. So you just drank like the energy of eight lemons in a glass of water. People need to realize how potent these are. And eating eight lemons in one setting is not healthy for you, you know? And it's a little bit different in essential oil, but actually essential oil is super, super concentrated. So a little goes a long way. And you also have to be really careful and aware of how you use them you know, in a safe manner as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how essential oils are used in different ways? Yes. Um, so we can use them cosmetically. This is where we use them on our skin and they can be moisturizing, toning, healing, rejuvenating. They can help with acne or acne scars or dry spots. Probably have had essential oils used on you when you got a massage because it's great to use a massage Certain oils can actually help relax the muscles and help the muscles heal. We can use it medically to treat different illnesses or injuries. There are you know, essential oils that help reduce swelling and there are essential oils that help with pain. And, and there are some uh, essential oils that help with viruses or help boost your immune system. Also olfactory wise or psychologically, we can use essential oils. Um, you know, when we smell them, they have an effect on us, just like, you know, when we listen to music, how music can manipulate our energy and it can change our mood, we can smell something and it can have that same effect. It can improve our mood. It can help us feel more relaxed. It can help with anxiety. It can help calm us, balance our energy. You know, there are certain um, essential oils that actually boost energy levels. And there are some that really calm, calm you down. Now I use them in kind of more of a spiritual aspect. Well, I use them in both ways, but there's also this spiritual way to use them kind of the witchy purposes, like you were talking about. And, you know, in earlier episodes, we've talked about the Claire's like clairvoyance is the ability to see things, clairaudience, the ability to hear, claircognance to a direct knowing, clairsentience feeling. And we all get information coming in in different ways. But there's also clairlines or clairolfaction, which is the ability to smell things. So talking about psychic abilities, these are the people that will smell, like I smell my dad's pipe sometimes. And I'll be like, oh, hey, dad. Or they will smell their grandmother's perfume or, or something like that. They get psychic hits through smell. Now, I have a really, really strong nose. Like I smell stuff really quickly. And my family always thinks I'm crazy. And like I smell cat pee all the time. 
And they're like, what is it with the cat pee? Like, I'll be like, it smells like cat pee in here. What is that? Who We don't own a cat. Why does it smell like cat pee? Well, I started recognizing that I can smell certain energies. When there's a negative energy or something kind of yucky around, I smell cat pee. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry for those people that love their cats, but there's something about that energy that triggers the smell of cat pee for me. So this is why I got into aromatherapy because my mood and my well-being can really be affected by the smells around me. So getting into aromatherapy, I started recognizing how I could manipulate my energy and my mood and feel better and have a much deeper meditation and connect spiritually by using essential oils and by smelling things. And they've done, you know, you can totally geek out on the science around this. I'm much more of a creative person than a science-based person, but they've done all kinds of studies where, you know, you can, you can drink a cup of coffee and it'll change your energy level to something. And then you hold or take one smell of an essential oil and it totally shifts the energy back into a more balanced place. So, you know, there's, there's proven things on how to use it. And again, the pharmaceutical companies don't really leave a lot of room for us using things like like sound therapies and aromatherapies for healing, but they've been used in different cultures for years and years and years around healing. So I use my essential oils really often in spells and spell crafting and in connecting with spirit and in meditating because it opens a portal for me. It opens things up spiritually. And in addition to all of these medical benefits, different essential oils have, they also have spiritual benefits, spiritual-based benefits, and emotional-based benefits. Like for instance, frankincense will totally open you up spiritually. If you want to have a deeper meditation, you can hold a bottle of frankincense and just the energy of holding it in your hand will open things up. You can put a drop on your crown chakra or your third eye. You can smell it before you go into meditation. You can diffuse it. You can burn the resin. All these things that you can do with these aromatherapies you can use spiritually as well. So if I'm putting together, let's say like, for instance, I had a friend who lost a loved one and I made her some bereavement candles. So I used, I made one for calming and I used essential oils in that, that really helped calm. And then I used one for um, grief that helps balance grief. And then I made a candle that helped with sleep. And so I used the essential oils that matched the benefit that I was looking for for each of those candles. I remember you were actually the one who really expanded my awareness of essential oils and what you could do with them. And it was like way in the beginning when I had first met you and you pulled out this basket full of different essential oil bottles of like all kinds that you, I'd never even thought of that even existed up until that point, my um, essential oil repertoire was like whatever was in, at the co-op or the health food store. But then there was all these like rare and interesting and names of things that I've never seen. And you had this like huge basket. And actually it was super magical that very first time I, I picked one up and it was called Western Red Cedar of a specific brand that you had. And I was like, oh my God, I love this. This is like the exact cedar that grows all over the area and I love it. And now it's an essential oil and I wanted to buy it from you and you couldn't find it in your book with the company. It wasn't on the website. It wasn't anywhere. It was just like 
like at one point we're like, where did this bottle even come from? Like it doesn't even exist or they discontinued it. And somehow it had dropped off the face of the universe. And then I had that one bottle and I cherished it and was never able to find that specific type of cedar again. Like there's many different types of cedar, but Western red cedar is like one cedar to rule them all. As far as I'm concerned, it's, it's my that's absolute so, favorite. That's so funny. Because I love cedar oil and I really am not very fond of Western red cedar. But what? I did find a bottle. I gave you a bottle like two years ago. I found it and, and gave it to you. I bought some and gave it to you. But yeah, yeah from another hard, company. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I should they should sponsor me because I buy so many <laughs> bottles of it now and I just get the big hunky bottles and I go through it so fast. And every time I bring it anywhere, everybody seems like. It's almost like they've never smelt it before. They really love it. But I, it's the one oil for me, Western Red Cedar. If there, if somebody said you can only have one and no other, that would be the one that I would that I would choose. What about you, Patty? If you had one oil and you could have no other? So first of all, let me just say, you know, cedarwood is super grounding. It's one of the most grounding oils, but Western Red Cedar is grounding, but it's a little bit of a higher vibration than and most than like regular, um, like Virginia cedar would. So it, it doesn't surprise me that you love that because I think it helps you return to earth a little bit, but not too much. You know, I have to agree with that because there's something like behind it. That's a little lifting as well as grounding, but I find it to be mm -hmm. incredibly clarifying, like whatever stagnancy, whatever static, whatever congestion is in the space, just instantly psh, just clears that energy out for me. I mean, that's the way that I experience it. And in comparison to other cedars, which they are lovely and very grounding, but I don't get that like swift clarity out of it in the same way as the Western red cedar gives me. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of you are going to hate this answer, but my most favorite oil, if I could only have one is patchouli. When I got certified in aromatherapy, I actually wrote my term paper on patchouli. I love patchouli. And the reason I got into cedar wood is because I got so much shit from people whenever I would wear patchouli oil that I, I kind of started using cedar wood oil instead. And then for many, many years, I wore a combination of cedar, patchouli, and sandalwood because people either tend to love patchouli or hate patchouli. And, you know, if you want to get into some interesting conversations, put a bunch of patchouli oil on and then go out because <laughs> you know, people will stop there. you. <laughs> and talk to you. There are places I remember in Northern California that had signs like you cannot enter if you're wearing yeah. patchouli. Yeah. Patchouli free zone. <laughs> <laughs> but not all patchouli is created equal though, either. There's some bad patchouli out there, but I agree with you. I, it's definitely one of my most favorite ones and I would wear it a lot more, except it does get a lot of criticism from people. But, but then sometimes when I wear it, people are like, what are you wearing? That smells so amazing. Yeah. I thought you were going to say vetiver. Better, you know, vetiver is a, a strong second. Okay. Yeah. See, I had vetiver, a, I, and I, you know, I know I've talked a lot about this, but I use vetiver every day. Um, when I set my intentions for the day over my, my, uh, solar plexus, it's a solar plexus oil, but patchouli oil, I should post my term paper on my website. It's so, I mean, the history is so interesting, you know, it, it was used to cover up bad smells, you know, the smell of death during the plague. A lot of patchouli and other oils were used to help cover up some of those those bad smells. And then they, it also was used to um, later on in like the, the 50s and early 60s when like fabrics were transported overseas, you know, beautiful silks from China or Japan or, you know, um, 
fabrics from India, they would put patchouli in with them because patchouli would stop some of the insects from eating the fabrics. So then patchouli started becoming, from being a scent that masked death and horrible smells, it started to represent exotic lands and um, it became prestigious because if you wore a piece of fabric and it smelled a little bit like patchouli, then then it was known that you had this imported for you. So it ended up being a smell that people, rich people used. And then the hippie generation started using it and it was used, you know, by people that didn't um, bathe very regularly and didn't believe in covering up their natural body smells. And so there was, became this kind of combination of BO and patchouli, which a lot of people just <laughs> was, where it's nauseating. And then that's oh, where patchouli kind of got a bad name. But, you know, we've talked a lot about on this, about my anxiety and patchouli is so grounding. And it's also, it, you know, it, it just sucks me back into the earth. It helps me back into my present body. And then vetiver is my second because vetiver is kind of like the difference between cedar and red Western cedar for you. It's a little more magical. It's a little more uplifting than patchouli, but I, I like those musty uh, sandalwood patchouli vetiver. I love those too. It's interesting to me though, because I know how much you love vetiver and it's not the one that calls to me. Like I've tried to use it, but I do love patchouli truly. And patchouli has, and vetiver actually have their own kind of unique, like aroma profile compared to, you know, others that would be more citrusy or floral or sweet or whatever. Both vetiver and patchouli to me are distinctly their own category of aroma yeah, I would say that. And, you know, I use them on my body as a scent. I, I use them topically. And scents smell differently on different people. Same things don't smell on the body like they smell in the bottle. They change. Like for me, everything turns really um, sweet. So when I was younger and wore cologne or or perfume, I always wore men's cologne because if I wore anything floral, I would smell like burnt sugar. It was It was terrible. So people would be like, what are you wearing? And it would usually be a men's cologne because on me, it gets sweeter. So I am drawn to those lower, you know, more grounded, earthy smells where I have friends that hate that, you know, that wear citrusy, flowery aromas. So it's it's really different. And if you think about it, like, like for instance, I, I have a line of meditation mist where you miss your aura with it. The very first one I ever did was channeled. You know, spirits like, you know, we need to help you clear some energy. Let's make a mist. Hoo-hoo. And it's like two drops of this, three drops of this, you know, four drops of this. And the whole time I'm making this, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to just smell really gross. And by the end, when it was done, I really loved it. You know, it was just really beautiful. And it's one of my favorite things. So it has, what does it have? It has cypress and juniper and pine and clary sage. And I'm forgetting one other one and black pepper. So you take that, that mix and, you know, and it's, it is very cleansing and very clearing and very purifying. And then the other one, you know, the opposite end is my Ascension assist. And now this helps open up the crown chakra, helps you go into really high vibrational frequencies. And it has rose oil and neroli and frankincense in it. So the difference between those two 
aromas of those two really affect your mood and your energy and your physical body and, and affect you spiritually totally differently on, on two totally different levels. So this is a really good example on how you can choose an aromatherapy for different chakras. You know, there are aromas that are associated with different chakras. So if let's say, you know, I'm setting intentions every morning and I'm manifesting something, I'm going to use vetiver because it's a solar plexus chakra. If I'm wanting to manifest love and heart opening, I'm going to use rose oil because it's associated with the heart. So we can use it for specific chakras and specific purposes, as well as in rituals, in spell casting, in making candles, all of those things. A lot of people are really into diffusing essential oils. This is where you put it in a little um, diffuser that actually gets hot and it steams it up and then it puts out a verb vapor or a steam. I feel like it really shifts the smell of the essential oil too much. And I feel like it loses its actual smell. And there are so many safety precautions around diffusing oils that I tend to use them more topically with the carrier oil. Most oils are not safe to put right on your skin. It can burn your skin. So um, I use them with a the carrier oil or I just smell them. I have a bottle where I just smell it, or I have a lot of dried herbs around my house that I use in addition to essential oils. But um, those are some of the ways that you can use it. And you just always, you know, there's a whole safety part of this as well. So I know most people use diffusers and you just said that there's a lot of safety issues with diffusing the oils. Like, what do you know about that? Okay. Well, let's, let's take your Western red cedar, for instance, Western red cedar can really cause problems with people that have epilepsy or asthma. You also sh should not ever diffuse Western red cedar around babies or someone that's pregnant. It, it can counteract with these things. And pets, pets are so sensitive to diffused essential oils. Now there are essential oils that are great for pets for helping them heal and to help with different therapies for pets, but it's a very small amount, a very small number of essential oils that are safe around pets. If you have a cat in the room and you're diffusing lavender, now lavender oil, we think of that as one of the, the most gentle, easy to use oils, you know? And so if you're diffusing lavender because you want to help your cat to chill out, you know, you need to make sure that your cat has the ability to leave the room and get away from that, that it's not locked in a room where that's happening. And you need to watch your cat because your cat may end up um, having a full reaction. I mean, some, some diffused oils can actually be fatal to animals and there's a huge long list. And what's scary is that you can go online and you can get contradictory information from everything you look at. So this is where it's really important to find a company that you really trust, um, that has accurate information so that you can make sure that, um, you know, what they're putting out there is honest and truthful, and you can um, make sure that, that you're using things that are safe. The other thing is around children. I, I had a client that used to come in with a rollerball and she would just start rollerballing essential oil all over her baby. And I would just cringe. And it, it was before I had my certification. So I didn't really feel like I had the right to say anything, but it's really not recommended to use essential oils on or around children until they're 10 years old. Um, and that's, you know, some people say five, some people say seven. My certification is through Aroma Head Institute just for safety 
it's 10 years old. And then even after that, it's very, very diluted. And there are things like you never, ever use wintergreen or birch on a child that can trigger an asthma attack. It can trigger epilepsy. It can trigger all kinds of problems within a child, respiratory issues. Um, also eucalyptus, you know, eucalyptus is such a, a cleansing, purifying, amazing um, herb and, and oil. It's terrible for pets and it's really unsafe for children. So, you know, this is not just because they're made of plants does not mean they are safe. And there are different ways to use it there. You know, we can use essential oils. And, and like I said, in the process of distillation, um, it's kind of like all the, the plants or the fruits or whatever, they're all put together. They're all put in this thing. They're washed really well. They're agitated, like in containers with spikes that get everything all juicy. And then um, it grates it all up. And then it's sprayed with water and then heated. And in this process, the water separates from the oil and the oil is taken out and used in essential oils. The water is called a hydrosol. And if you think about this water, it's way less concentrated than the essential oil. So you don't have to, you can use a hydrosol and just spray yourself straight in the face. You know, peppermint, you might not want to do that, but most of them, they're so much more mild and less condensed that it's much safer to use a hydrosol. So you're usually a lot safer and you can make hydrosols at home pretty easily as well. You're usually a lot safer using a hydrosol than an essential oil, but just willy-nilly grabbing essential oil off of the shelf and using it is not a safe process. Well, do you know how to make a hydrosol? Oh yeah. It's super fun. You can buy steamers, you know, big like apparatuses that are, they're usually copper and gorgeous to make hydrosol. You, you can do it on the stove with just a pan and a bowl of water. And then you like, you put your plant material in there and then you turn a lid, like a glass lid upside down over the pot. And as it's steaming, you add ice to the lid. So it makes it sweat more. And then all the water in the steam that gathers up on the top on the lid drips down into the bowl. And then you have a bowl of hydrosol. And I make rose hydrosol quite a bit because I, in my farm share here, I can buy huge bags of fresh rose petals. And so I make rose hydrosol a lot and it just smells amazing. Awesome. I've never actually made a hydrosol, but I have an alingaling tree outside and the flowers are going mm -hmm. off and they smell so amazing. And I was like, well, how can I somehow capture this <laughs> and use it? Because it's yeah. the most, the fresh Elangaling flowers is like so incredible. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit since we're talking about elangaling about um, some absolutes. So there are some things that, like you were saying earlier, how they just don't have much moisture in them. It's like, how the heck do they get, you know, like jasmine flowers? How much oil are you going to get out of a jasmine flower? Now, things that are really delicate sometimes are made into an absolute. Like rose oil, for instance, you can buy um, a little tiny 15 mil, or I think it's like a five mil bottle of rose oil. And I think the last time I priced it out, it was just under $300. Or you could buy rose absolute the same amount, and that's going to cost you like 40. Now, what the difference is, is that in the absolutes, when you're taking products that plant products that don't have a lot of moisture in it. And so therefore you're not able to get a lot of oil out. They use a solvent to help pull the oils out. Now, a lot of times this is ethanol or hexane or benzene. And what it does is it takes these more delicate aromas like jasmine and rose and like vanilla, and it helps it get more 
product from a steam dis- distillation. Now, the thing about absolutes is because it's using a solvent, it they usually smell stronger. So even though you have a, a bottle of rose oil that was $300 and then you have this $38 bottle of absolute, the absolute may smell much stronger and have much more of a potent aroma to it than the actual real oil. However, you know, there's a solvent in there. Some essential oils are ingestible. You know, you would never ingest an absolute. You know, there is a a field of thought that believes that absolutes are just fine and that you can use the wax from it to make other products. No, no, no. I don't want to sniff a bunch of non-organic things. You know, I make sure that the oils that I buy are, are, are organic. And, you know, even some of the best places to buy products sell sell absolutes. And there's also a water water filtering type of process, but it's really rare to find that because it's almost as expensive from what I understand as the actual bottle of essential oil. So this is something to, to be aware of. Now that you've kind of let us know that probably a lot of us, including myself, are loosely using essential oils way more than we should, are there any essential oils that are pretty safe all around for people to use that are just kind of known not to cause issues for your pets or your children or people with sensitivities? I'm not bold enough to just throw out, yeah, anybody can use this because, you know, just like some of us are allergic or sensitive to different foods, you know, whenever you're using an aromatherapy, you need to pay attention to how you feel. You know, you can do a tester on your skin. You never want to use an oil directly. You want to add it to a lotion or coconut oil or something, a carrier oil. And there's different dilutions for different types of oils, for different types of products. It's really complicated. And, you know, there are people out there that I really envy that just have that mind capacity to just, you know, soak all this stuff up and they can be like, what essential oil should I use for, for this issue? And they're like, use this, but dilute it by 2% and put it on your abdomen. I am not that person. I do not have a science brain. I am not the type of person that just holds on to all this information. I collect GCMS reports, which are actually the scientific report of the oil. And it tells you all of the scientific components that are in there, which is really interesting, most of which I do not understand. It tells you the date that it was harvested, the date that it was distilled, where the plant came from, that that it was organic, the um, actual Latin name of the plant, the species, all of this stuff. And it's really interesting. And, and some of the better places where you buy these can make these reports available to you. And it has all of the medicinal qualities. It has all of the safety precautions. There are some essential oils that interact with medications. There's a lot to it. And if in the other thing is shelf life, you know, when I first started doing this, I started buying, I wanted to have like almost every essential oil in the company I worked with. And then I, I, I spent tons of money. And then I got a little further in my schooling and thought, oh, lemon oil goes bad in about a year to two. Oh, this oil only lasts a year and a half. And I just spent $85 on it and I'm probably not going to use it in a year. And so there's all these components to pay attention to. So with that being said, back on track here, the most, some of the most basic essential oils used is lemon, lemon oil. Now I have lemon oil in my kitchen because it is magic. If you have some weird sticky thing on something and you put a couple drops of lemon oil on it, it will melt it and take it off. 
if I spray paint and get paint spray paint on my fingernails, I don't know if you've ever done that. It's nearly impossible. I put a little lemon oil on there, rub it. It comes off. I have accidentally gotten like white paint on my green painted surface, used a drop of lemon oil and it took off the white paint, but did not disrupt the green paint. It's like magic. There's something really weird about it. I use it constantly for all kinds of stuff. And, you know, on my physical body, I use it on the floor, on the walls, get sticky things, tag glue off of things. I put a drop in my water because it helps alkaline um, my energy. And so there's tons of things to use for it. It's also a really nice mood lifter. Lemon oil helps lift the mood. It helps, you know, it helps work with the solar plexus. It helps you feel more happy. It brings in the sunshine. It's also an antiseptic. It can help boost immune system. So again, you can drink a a drop of this in your water. If it's a safe oil from a safe company, you can smell it. You know, you can diffuse it if you're into that. You can, I put a few drops on a cotton ball and I put a cute little bowl of this cotton ball in my refrigerator. So when I open my refrigerator, it smells lemony and nice. So lemon oil is something that's pretty basic and used a lot. That's fairly safe. Lavender is the other one. Again, you don't want to use it around babies and you don't want to use it around your pets and you need to be careful if you have any illnesses, but it is very calming. It helps calm the nervous system. It helps um, with anxiety. It also helps you to be more aware and alert. It's great for skin things like burns. It's great to put some in some lotion and rub it on your neck if you have a headache because it helps get rid of tension headaches. Eucalyptus radiata is amazing. It's like spa. You know, if you walk into a spa, they're diffusing eucalyptus. It just takes you into this relaxation, this other place. It's um, really good for immunity. It's good on the skin. It's an antioxidant and an anti-inflammatory, and it's very purifying energetically. You know, if you wanted to purify some bad energy, you could steam some eucalyptus, you know, and you can do this in a diffuser and you can also just do it on your stovetop with some water and just put it, you know, get some water steaming, steaming. I used to do this on my, um, my wood stove and just put a couple drops of essential oil in there and let it steam as long as you check it first and make sure it's safe and nobody has any medical conditions that can be affected. Frankincense. We talked about frankincense. It helps with stress. It's very grounding, anti-inflammatory. It can help, um, balance the hormones. It's a super anti-aging thing for skin. I am losing my hair and I make a hair rinse that I put in the shower that has um, all the essential oils that are really nourishing to the hair and the scalp. And one of the ingredients in that is frankincense. And I mix it with water. I shake it up. I pour it on my head and I don't even rinse it off because it's, it's pretty diluted. And I smell delicious all day and it helps with um, hair growth and, and with hair loss. And then rose essential oil, heart chakra, very loving and calming. It helps manifest love and, and helps with relationship issues. And it's just very peaceful and and inner calm and helps with self-love as well as giving, giving love, giving and receiving totally heart chakra. And then the last thing, a lot of you might have tea tree, like in your laundry room, tea tree is great about clearing away icky smells and purifying things. It's an antiseptic, antibiotic, antiviral, antifungal. It's just going to help get rid of all of those germs. It's a pretty strong smell. I don't know anybody that's ever diffused tea tree. It's more used in like, like I said, I have it in my laundry room. Or if I'm making some 
um, cleaning supplies, I, I'll use um, eucalyptus oil, lemon oil, or I'll use tea tree oil just because if I'm cleaning my countertops and I'm making a mist, um, you know, tea tree has all of that antibiotic, antifungal, you know, antiseptic, all that, all those really good qualities that can help clear away the germs. So, you know, you can use these topically. And when you use an essential oil topically, it actually goes into the bloodstream and it goes through your body where it's needed. You can use it in candles, in steams, in any type of, you know, witchcraft. I put essential oils, you know, at the summer solstice, I put essential oils on my um, broom and I sweep the house and I use that as a clearing, you know, as I'm sweeping with the essential oils on the broom, I'm clearing out any negative energies and I'm, I'm letting things go. So you can use them for all different kinds of purposes. You can, you know, put, a, I, I have a lavender hydrosol next to my bed. When I go to bed, I missed my pillow and I missed myself because it helps me calm down. You know, in my meditation area, I have a resin burner with frankincense resin, and I also have a bottle of frankincense essential oil. So there's all these different ways to use it, but you do have to be careful. I will say that if you're buying essential oil and it costs a couple bucks, chances are it's either diluted with, with something else. It's not organic, it's not pure, and it's not safe. They're not cheap and you get what you pay for. For me, I think that I, you know, I haven't taken the deep dive into essential oils in the way that you have and, you know, looking up all the properties and uses. And for me, how I use essential oils is by how they make me feel. Like yeah. I have a relationship with certain oils. I use them all the time. Uh, in fact, a lot, what I realized recently, because I got the vid for the first time and I lost my smell. Uh, recently this year. Oh, yeah. And uh, I didn't have my smell for like three or four weeks, which I guess is pretty short in comparison to the stories that I've heard. Like there was a moment where I thought I might have, I was like, it might not ever come back. I've heard of people like losing their smell for years. And yeah. I, and I deep dove into this deep depression about it because I realized in that moment how much I depend and rely on my sense of smell um, in order to regulate myself during my sessions. So besides my, beside my table, as I keep like all kinds of things, crystals and uh, cool little spiritual tools and gadgets and tuning forks and all these things to help me, the main one that I use is the essential oils. And I have different bottles with different aromas in it. Like, yes, I have my Western red cedar. For me, that's like when I'm reading somebody and it's like kind of heavy and really dense. And I've just gone through kind of like a thick, thick part in their field. I'll use, I'll, I have like a, like a two ounce spray bottle, uh, with some essential oil in it. And I, and I spray it in order to clear the energy so that I can move on with the reading. And in other places, sometimes I'll, I have like rose oil. I have one that's just like, you know, like you said, cypress, juniper, pine, cedar, like all those outdoor aromas. And, uh, I even use, you know, I have my uh, Florida water. I have all these ones that I use depending on what I'm dealing with during a session to help regulate me, pull me up, pull me down, center, you know, whatever it, whatever it is that I need. And uh, I was having a very difficult time not being able to smell anything. And I'm also one of those people who have that uh, ability to psychically smell things. <laughs> because I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, the Claire that I can't pronounce. Uh, 
And when I had lost my smell, I didn't even have that. It was incredibly difficult. And for me, what I actually used was uh, peppermint oil in order to train myself back to being able to smell because peppermint oil is sort of like so kind of pungent. It has such a strong aroma with it. And every day I would like huff peppermint oil, which Patty, I'm afraid you're going to tell me that's so dangerous. Don't do that. Um, Cause I was just so desperate. And I remember like the first day that I even got like a slight hint of that peppermint on like one follicle of my smelling ability. And I felt that glimmer of hope. Like, I think, I think I'm going to get my smell back. Um, but I also read online because I was, as I was going through the rabbit hole of it, like people were talking about wild things. Like they were like burning oranges in order to uh, trigger smell sensations and people were swearing by it, that it was helping people get their sense of smell back. But one thing that did happen is I got the uh, phantom smell that after COVID, I had this smell that I would smell everywhere and all the time. And it was unlike any smell that I've ever smelt before. And uh, it was neither pleasant or terrible, but it was something that like, I couldn't quite put my finger on. In fact, it actually, I had it until just probably a few weeks ago. I noticed just a few weeks ago that I haven't been smelling it. And at first it was like constant. And so there was this phenomenon where people were smelling like either they would describe it as like burnt hair or burnt tires or like wild, weird things. Um, but even just smelling this phantom smell that came out of nowhere would affect me. It would constantly be shifting my mood or my energy. And and I couldn't even tell you what it was if I was smelling something that exists everywhere, but I just didn't have the sensitivity to it. Or if there was like an actual, you know, physical abnormality that was creating the smell inside my, my nose or whatever. But yeah, it really made me really appreciate how much And of all the senses that you think about losing, smell seems to be like the least big deal. Like, for example, my oldest daughter has no sense of smell and she's never had any sense of smell. And yeah, and she's whatever about it, like because she didn't she'd never missed it. She doesn't know what she's missing out on. Uh, It certainly affected her palate and the way she whether, you know, how the foods that she likes. Um, and it's like the one smell that I think that of all the five senses, it's like, okay, well, if you don't have smells, it's like no, no biggie. It's not like, you know, you're blind or you can't feel. And I get that, but it really was like, it felt major to me in the moment. Maybe that sounds ridiculous. And then thinking that I could never get it back again. It really, it took the color out of life to me. It took like the spice out of existence. It was like everything faded just because I couldn't smell anything. Have you ever had that experience where you've not been able to smell anything for a long period of time? No, I think I'd have a full anxiety attack. I had major anxiety. So much. (laughs) Yeah. I was even sexually, you know, when you're attracted to somebody, you're attracted by their pheromones, you know, like it's part of, it's, it's part of, you know, your attraction to other people, the taste of your food, like you said, for your daughter, you know, like energy, Energetically, you can smell things and pick up on things. It affects your mood. I can't imagine. And I never heard of that, that kind of COVID smell that people were having once they lost their sense of, of, I mean, it was and and smell and yeah, it was the weirdest thing. 
And uh, it was, and the crazy thing to me is that it was like all, most people said it was like this really horrific smell where um, like things that they would normally like, like coffee, you know, the smell of coffee would suddenly take on this smell that they they couldn't stand it. It's like the icing on top of the cake. It's It's just that thing that makes everything around me that much more special. And it's amazing to me too, when I think back of the time in my life that I didn't use essential oils or wasn't turned on to that and to the point in which I was, I feel like it made a massive shift in my life. So for those of you out there who are listening, who haven't explored the world of essential oils and started getting into that, I really encourage you to go try it out and uh, explore a little bit with it because it was majorly sort of life-changing to start incorporating these like beautiful, organic, natural aromas given to us by nature and working with them to enhance the quality of our life, it really had a profound effect on mine, I have to say. Well, one thing I want to um, do is I want to just go over a couple safety things really quick, just to, to make sure people are safe. If you are pregnant or lactating, you want to stay away from cinnamon, cypress, fennel, mugwort, western red cedar, yarrow and Spanish lavender. Now, here we're looking at lavender. There is, you know, several different types of lavender. One one type of lavender, lavender agastifolia is going to help you feel calm and and it's great. You know, the Spanish lavender has camphor in it and it can have a really negative toxic effect on you and your your child. So, be careful with that. Um, be careful with drug interactions. You'll want to do your homework on that. If you have asthma or epilepsy, you want to be careful with uh, Western red cedar, white sage, uh, different, you know, lavender folia, um, I mean, lavender augustifolia, mugwort, rosemary, um, both Spanish and spike lavender, you want to be careful with. And um, there's this thing called phototoxicity. Bergamot. Let's talk about bergamot. Bergamot is this amazing citrus oil that smells great. If you put that on your skin, even with a carrier oil, and you go out in the sun, you're going to get a really weird sunburn right where all that is. Like it can be enough that it leaves a permanent scar. So these are phototoxic things, laurel leaf, angelica, lemon, and bergamot oil. You don't want to put that on your skin and go out and have direct access to the sun. I would just say, do not diffuse essential oils around children under 10. Do not diffuse essential oils around your pets. It can cause respiratory and liver problems. And, um, you know, a couple of the essential oils that are extremely toxic for pets, there's many of them, but some of the most well-used ones is eucalyptus, any citrus oils, tea tree, peppermint, pine, wintergreen, and ylang-ylang. So be careful with that. Do your homework. A couple of the companies that I purchase my oils from that I really trust is... Um, Mountain Rose Herbs, also aromatics.com. Now, um, Young Living and doTERRA have great oils. Sometimes you're not able to get like um, as much of the information on them as you can from the other two companies. Aromatics.com, it actually tells you as you look at an oil, what it's used for, what the safety precautions are, how, you know, when it was harvested, you can learn so much about it from them. And their price point is much, much better than Young Living and doTERRA. Now there are some oils and some blends, of course, that you cannot get elsewhere that you can only get at Young Living or doTERRA. But um, I go to aromatics.com first, then Mountain Rose, and then the other two. That's just me 
personally. If you're wanting to use essential oils for a little bit of a ritual, or you're wanting to move some energy and you're wanting to use it psychically, um, it, it's great to just Google spiritual aspect of patchouli or essential oil that helps banish negative energy or clears entities or whatever. You can go with that and use those. Now, again, if you're wanting to use something medicinally, make sure you go to a, a company that has a really good reputation that you trust. And again, you never put oils on your body without a carrier oil on them. I um, was using frankincense on my chest for a little tiny cyst bump thing. And I've been using it for a while. And I'm like, I really want this to work. I'm just going to put it on straight. I put two drops on. I woke up in the middle of the night and my entire chest was beet red because I sweated between my boobs and that sweat and the frankincense oil spread. And I had a burn on my chest for like a good week. So you really do have to be careful with these. You know, one little blend I would like to put out there is Ama. And those of you that know her, love her. She's the hugging goddess. She's amazing. Her personal scent is sandalwood and rose. And I was in Hawaii and I bought a little tiny bottle because sandalwood and rose are some of the most expensive essential oils out there. It's really strong. You only need a drop, but it is the most loving spiritually loving. It's almost like it takes you into the dimension of love. It's just super magical. So you might want to play around with that a little bit. So that's my spiel on aromatherapy. I'm certified through the Aroma Head Institute. I did a 400 hour certification. There are lots of, of companies out there where you can do shorter certifications. It's super interesting. There was a lot of science that went right over my head, but I ended up with huge binders with all kinds of information that I use for references that are amazing. And it's really a wonderful addition to your spiritual practice and your meditation practice. For somebody with an aromatherapy certification, if there were people out there who wanted to seek that path, like what can an aromatherapist do for other people? You can uh, fully see clients. You know, you can get an appointment with an aromatherapist, just like you would with an herbalist. You can go in and you can tell them, you know, I have this going on. I have this going on. Anything you can recommend, you know, it can be for mental health issues. It could be for physical health issues. It can be um, just for, you know, more a sense of, of more well-being and balance in your life. And, the, you know, they're practitioners, like a, like a medical practitioner. And in India, when you go to a doctor, that's what they do, <laughs> you know, kind of like Ayurveda, they, they give you herbs and essential oils and all kinds of holistic medications and herbs. And so it's a, it, it, if you see an aromatherapist, you can see them for holistic things to help keep things in balance or for actual medical issues. And they can help you with that. All right. So it sounds like at least the moral of the story here is essential oils are very powerful. Do your research. Just be mindful about who you're using them on and around. For me, this was very eye-opening because I do use essential oils. I used to have a large collection of essential oils, but I kind of keep to like my main, like I have a dozen that are just like my all around go-to, even though there's all these like exotic, interesting and expensive ones. Like I've kind of narrowed it down to like, this is what works for me. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, Jude. You know, that's like me. I have like my dozen that I know what they're good for. I know how to use them. I, I know what to expect. I trust them. And then anything 
thing, you know, I just learned a lot about the what the smells that I really like. I mean, if I have a choice of essential oils, I'm going to choose the one that has the aroma that I like. So I just picked the things I really like and I'm drawn to and got to know them and I use them a lot. And if, if I venture out beyond that for some reason, I just do my research. And, you know, it's really fun to, you know, if you, if you go to a health food store where, where they have a good quality oil to close your eyes and run your hands over the bottles and stop with wherever you feel an energetic attention or a little tingle and grab that bottle, look it up. You know, if it's safe for you, you know, maybe they're like, Hey, you need to work on your sacral chakra. Here's an essential oil to help you with that. Or, Oh, this helps balance the monkey mind. So that's a fun way to do it too. You know, one thing I was thinking about, I don't know if I ever told you this, Patty, but I probably did that one time me and a friend here on Kauai were hanging out and we were doing like mantras and playing music and getting all meditative. And all of a sudden I felt the energy of this like witch, like like old crone in the woods, witch just entered the room just suddenly out of nowhere. And I stopped everybody and I was like, there's a witch energy in here. There's a witch. <laughs> and like my friend that was behind me had your Ascension Assist spray bottle and she had just sprayed it over my head. And like the second, like the little droplets were coming down, I said, there's a witch in the room. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and then I started cracking up because I realized that was you. It was your energy. It was your witchy energy in your bottles. Not, and it wasn't negative or scary. It was just clearly like witch in the woods kind of, you know, mystery, wow. mysterious crone in the woods. You know, I've seen that version That's of you. So funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. There was a time when I didn't, I didn't want to be called a crone, but I'm, I'm embracing it now and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Yeah. It was, uh, I was like, dang, her sprays are like really, <laughs> they're really activated. <laughs> And people can buy your oils too, right? And your sprays, you have like a line that's available through your website or no? Yeah, I have a handful of my meditation mists that are available on my website. They're just um, water-based. And, you know, a lot of times when you make something like that, you do need to put, like if you make Florida water, you put vodka in something to help it last. Um, I don't, I like to not use that stuff as much as I can. And I've never had anybody complain about the mist going bad, but it's a super fine mist that you missed your orc space. And it just helps, you know, with specific purpose, there's a few different um, blends for different things on there. And then the water that is in it is water that I've had out either over either through a new moon or a full moon, depending on what the purpose is. Um, it also has a crystal in it. Like the energy bath has a black tourmaline in it. The Ascension assist has a, a little chunk of amethyst in it. And so it's crystal infused. And then also there's water in there from either Mount Shasta or from the wells in England in Glastonbury. So it's pretty, it's a pretty magical, it's a pretty magical blend. Oh, but definitely. Make, yeah, make your own, you know, mess around, blend things. Like I said, my first blend was channeled as spirit. Okay. What, what do I need? Tell me what to do, what to put in here. And you know, borrow oils from each other. You know, if you have a friend and like have her buy three oils and you buy three, then they're not going to go bad as quickly on you. And you also want to keep them, you know, they usually come in dark bottles for a reason and you want to keep them out of the sun. And um, they will ask some people put their essential oils in the refrigerator. You know, that's helpful. Thank you for all of your expertise on oils and letting us know uh, how we can appropriately use them to benefit and enhance our life. So just another reminder for those of you who might have an interesting paranormal story that you'd like to share, you should be able to go onto our website, spiritspeakerspodcast.com and find a link to 
upload your audio. We ask it to be five minutes or less, and we listen through and pick and choose. Uh, audio quality has a big part in our choosing, so make sure it sounds really clear and the story is well told. We would also like to thank everybody who supports us um, and thank you for sharing this podcast with people that you think could benefit from the conversations that we're having. We also very much would like to thank you for the donations. The donations have been very helpful and it allows us to keep the advertisements off of the podcast, which is really great to be able to listen and not get interrupted. If you'd like to know more about what Patty and I do together or individually, you can find our websites through spiritspeakerspodcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at spiritspeakerspodcast and drop in and leave us a comment and say hello. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, aloha. Take care.